All right, everyone. How are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast International Series, and here with me I have... Joshua Houston. Uh, I play for Z-Warriors as my club team. I've been on a national team for foam, and yeah, that's me. And you're, you you said national team. You're, you said uh, for Team Canada, right? Yes, it's just for Team Canada. And and did I catch that right? The, the name of your team is the Z-Warriors? Yes, sir. Proud. Proud Z Warrior. <laughs> I got to see what the jersey looks like. I'm a Dragon oh, Ball. Oh, the jerseys fan. are fire, my boy. <laughs> fire. Uh, send, me, send me a picture when we're done. No, I, I got it. Anytime, anytime I hear a Dragon Ball Z reference, I just got to find out. Now, a lot of people have this jersey roaming around. Oh, Really? I'll find it. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Cool. So before we get into your story, uh, let's get some uh, preliminaries out of the way. So what's your jersey number for your club and what's the story behind it? Uh, it's pretty simple, maybe a little bit boring. Uh, I'm number 11 um, and it stuck with me forever it, just because I'm born on the 11th of June and whatever sport I played first, I can't remember as a, like the very first team sport I played. Uh, it's probably basketball or something, but I uh, chose 11. And ever since then, I believe deep down in my heart, it is the luckiest number ever. And I challenge anybody to come find me if they disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. 11 being such a lucky number. I've heard I, 10. I think of it, I think of it like, like, like uh, I used to call it snake eyes just for the double ones and rolling uh, a paradise to land on two ones is very, very rare. So I figured, you know, got to be lucky to roll that on Will. That's when I was a kid. Now I'm just like, it's just 11, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, um, I don't know if you if you know this, but if you shoot a snake eyes, it's not exactly a good thing. No, I'm not saying, I'm not, not, <laughs> not relating to the game that you're playing, just the difficulty uh, it is to roll it. Fair enough. I'm, just yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, um, do you, does luck work differently up north? That's not how it works. Ah, uh, nah, man. Nah, nah. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a fun interview for sure. Um, So let's get into your story. Uh, When did you start playing? How long ago Uh, was that? I believe I started playing maybe like almost nine nine years ago, maybe. I think I've been playing for around nine nine years. I think when I was 21. So I'd say like nine years ago. And uh, I got into it through a buddy of mine. I was working at a, a summer camp. And uh, a buddy of mine, Justin Karandang, there's the first shout out of the day. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, just asked me, hey, do you want to play dodgeball? And I was like, dude. And at that time, you know, you're 21, you feel invincible. And um, I'm like, yo, I can do whatever I want. Of course. Sure. Why not? Dodgeball's, dodgeball's the best sport ever. We go play in a rec league, do well. Um, I wanted more. We started playing in some tournaments. And then I saw some high level players. And still in my head, I'm like, yo, whatever. I could do whatever. I got slapped around in my first turn. <laughs> got handled by like, oh man, who who did I see? I saw Eric Strudel, Jason Mergler, all of them. And I was like, whoa, we got slapped. And ever since that moment, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get better. And yeah, that's kind of how I fell in love with the sport. It was, I mean, at bare bones, just throwing balls at people. But then as you know, um, you start to play more and more, you start to see the cerebral aspect of it. And uh, it gets more competitive and fun, and you know, I fell in love with it. So it was not only just your first impression, but you just wanted to excel and see how far you can grow with it. 
Yeah, um, I've I, you know I've I've always had a a love for sports, and uh, once you get to a certain point, like whether it be basketball, let's say you're if you're not a certain height, it might be it's really really challenging for you to excel. Or there's there always just felt like there was a cap. Um, but when I started playing dodgeball, I felt like this is this is where I can excel and maybe you know be something special. So uh, I know you mentioned that you, you know, your first tournament, you thought you were invincible. You got smacked around. Smacked, bro. Smacked. Smacked? Smacked around. Dude, it was, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> I, I was getting blindsided. I didn't understand why I was getting run. I was like, dude, there was this 50-year-old, not 50 at the time, but his name was Owen. Here, uh, some of the ladies call him uh, Sexy Owen. And uh, he was whooping my butt dude just countering me and then he came over after the game and i was furious and he's like um do you know why i made you my patsy i'm like who the hell is this guy bro and uh, he was telling me some stuff and ever since that moment no joke my mind opened i was like okay this is what he's saying isn't wrong he was whooping my butt and then ever since then i kind of was like okay i gotta i need to start thinking more wait what do they call him? They call him what? Sexy it, Scott? Sexy Owen. Sexy Owen? Oh, sexy my God. Sexy Owen. That was, his, that was the nickname. From the <laughs> I don't even know if you'll hear this 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 uh, podcast, but Owen, thank you, my man. You opened my eyes. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm going to just – I don't know if this is going to sound like good news or bad news, but about 175 countries are going to know Sexy Owen. <laughs> yeah, Sexy Owen, man. That's what they called him. That was, that was the name. <laughs> Why was he like Ryan Reynolds? Like what? No, he was just a, a middle-aged, good-looking dude, man. I don't know. He's just a nice guy. Nothing, nothing like special about Owen. He's just a cool dude, man. But they called so, him Sexy Owen. They loved him. The, the Canadian George Owen. Clooney. No, nah, he's more like a like a Den, like a Denzel. You know, <laughs> all right, you know what? All right, no, all right, we're not doing this. I'm not having this discussion <laughs> with you. We going too far in the deep end, man. Denzel, no, Denzel. He man. blessed me, man. He blessed me. I got to give him a shout. <laughs> all right, enough about sexy Owen. Let's talk about you. Um, so after that first tournament, obviously you said that um you got smacked, but you wanted more. Um, what was the turning point where you felt like at, from between? the first time playing in that tournament to where you can point to and said, this is where it clicked for me. This is where um, the game became I easy. I, I couldn't tell you the exact moment, but I could tell you a, a feeling that throughout other tournaments, as tournaments would go on or even league nights, um, I started kind of understanding what I needed to do a little bit faster, whether it be counting balls when they're thrown and knowing how many we have just off of, you know, pure memory or um, understanding when we should counter, when we should, you know, aggress up, stuff like that. But um, I felt um, at the time when uh, my team and I were playing, there were sometimes I was getting a little frustrated because I felt like um, it wasn't being understood as a unit. Most of us did, but sometimes we were just a little slower and I was getting a little frustrated, but I, it wasn't their fault. And so when I started to realize that, I was like, maybe, maybe I should, you know, look at this a little bit differently and maybe kind of make a change, but it took years. Don't get me wrong. Like I made a lot of errors. Um, I was, I was a dumper. I was undisciplined, 
but I learned a lot of that through watching other people and taking stuff away from other people's games and, you know, kind of taking it to the face, you know, like if we get beat up, why did we get beat up? What did I do to get us beat up? What can I do to help us and stuff like that? And once I kind of learned all the stuff I felt um, I could learn, um, I was okay. I got, I got to, I got to do something about this. And I think it kind of happened. I guess the more defining moment is when I got selected for the national team, because I didn't expect to. Mind you, I don't think a lot a lot of people probably didn't expect to, and it was probably <clears throat> a surprise that I got picked. I know it was, and I've crushed these demons already. I've talked to these people, but um, it was – I was shocked. I didn't feel like I, I, I was ready, but um, I was chosen regardless. So someone saw – Coach Vic saw something in me. <laughs> and um, I think once, you know, I, I, I saw myself surrounded by those people that I looked up to and I thought were extremely talented and I kind of, you know, used them as my my goals to kind of get to that level. When I saw myself with them, I think that's when it kind of clicked and I felt like I, you know, I kind of belong with them. And I mean, some of them even would come up and kind of encourage me to do so. So my confidence kind of went up. And I think once that happened and I got to experience the the high level of competitiveness at the world stage. I was like, when I got back home, I was like, dude, I got to make a change. And I think, you know, I'm at an upper level than what I was when I left. So. What, uh, when was your first Worlds? Uh, 2016, Australia. Okay. <laughs> and you said that that was a moment where it like kind of like all clicked for you. Kind of um, not not at the actual tournament, but more so in the training process. When I mm-hmm. walked into like the training gym and I see like Jeff, Merg, Maddie, all those guys are standing there. I'm like, oh, because I never played with any of them prior. I um, a lot of those guys have been playing for years more than me, been playing together and on the same team. Actually, I th- I think almost their entire team, except for maybe Mackenzie Legacy and myself, were selected to that team. So like I walked in and I was like, dude, I don't talk to these people. <laughs> I only look at these people. I want to be as good, if not better than these people. How like, I'm nervous. And then, you know, as we kind of meshed in, I felt like I belong more and more and that I can compete with them. And then, yeah, getting it, going to worlds and all that stuff like that. It was, it was, I felt way different than, you know, moments leading up to that selection. And I felt like, okay, I think I can see where I can take this and hopefully keep along that path. And then, yeah, next few years I was lucky enough to get selected and blessed. Um, would you say that being? I mean, it sounds like you've already said it, but I kind of want to uh, make sure. It sounds like you said that the process, the training, and everything. I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, what I didn't say. Oh, okay. I thought I caught something. Um, it sounded like the the training and the lead up to Australia in 2016, that's what helped you mature, if anything. Mm-hmm. That, sure. that was your biggest takeaway, more so than the understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt uh, there were, like, during that time, it was it was very humbling to, you know, get your, get certain flaws that you may not see pointed out by your peers and coach and kind of transformed. Um, I knew going into that program that I wasn't the best, and I had to, I just sponged it up, you know, soaked in every, every, every uh, form of advice, every drill, everything just to, to see, you know, what kind of a player I'd be outside of this uh, program and what I can take away. And 
it really, really helped me. And I think that if it wasn't for that, that belief that coach Vic had in me to be in that national program, I would probably have not uh, been the player I am today. I'd probably just be running around in leagues, getting blown up by sexy Owen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Did you play, did you happen to play in the world after? Uh, Yeah, I've been the the one in uh, Toronto, I believe. Yeah, I was in Toronto. I, I did Toronto. I did I did all of the ones since Australia 2016. So let's talk about um, the differences in approach between when you went to Australia versus Australia to essentially your backyard in Toronto. Sure. Like, what would, what would you say you did differently in the lead up to that? Um, well, I think I, I pretty much uh, – just knew a little bit more. I was a little bit more knowledgeable about the process as well as, um, you know, how I should prepare what the committee is looking for. And then after selections, you know, um, all that pressure of, Oh my gosh, this is the world stage kind of isn't there. Mm. The first time around, I was definitely nervous. Um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. I was extremely nervous because the I'm, again, like on this team, almost everybody there has been in the worlds before, world stage, and Australia did it real big, man. That final game that they had, man, they had the crowd, smoke machines, announcers, lights, all this stuff. People are in the crowds with beers, like it's a real professional uh, setting. And I was like, whoa, dude, well, I'm just used to you're in a gym with maybe a bench full of people. So I was shook. But going into the Canada one, which also had such a big crowd and stuff like that, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was, I, I don't know, I was way more prepared as well as the home court advantage, having my mom there, my grandma, people who haven't really seen me compete, especially at that high level of dodgeball before. Um, it felt like I was an elite athlete, that feeling of like, yeah, this is like what a home game was for like for those guys every day. Um but that was the only real difference. I mean, going into it, I think um, I was more excited than nervous. I was more, mm. um, I knew what to expect again. Like I said, this is my second year on the team. So it wasn't a fluke the first time, I would say. Yeah. So that's what I felt like in my head, right? I felt like I really should be here now. Um, but other than that, like I took, all, you go into these practices, you go into these training camps, 100% serious. I'm not there to waste time, right? I, I want, I have goals. I want to be the best that I can be. And I want to get gold. I'm not going there for bronze or second. I got second, but I, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that was really, for me, that was the only real difference. I felt, I felt comfortable that second year round as opposed to that first year. First year was, uh, man, let me tell you, I was nervous <laughs> as hell. <laughs> um, I, I think you kind of answered it, but would you say that the, the reason you weren't as nervous is because you've been through it before or more so because the gym was say, for example, 20 minutes from you. Um, a little, a little bit of, a little bit of both. I was a little bit of both. That's a little yeah. bit of both. It, 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 I, I, I like to play in front of a crowd. I think I play better when there's an audience just because um, I believe in that home court kind of advantage and um, being a, like a big basketball fan and stuff like that. Like, you got that 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 gym that setting, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you you can you can hear the crowd, uh, especially it, it, we don't have thousands and thousands of viewers, so like I can hear my family yelling in the crowd while I'm on it, you know what I mean? So that kind of a stuff, I, I kind of fuels me, and 
I, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the swagger. I enjoy all that, all that fun stuff. So I, I, I think that definitely helped my comfort as well as I've been here. I've done it. Now there's no excuse to be nervous. There's no excuse. I can't come in here being like, this is my first year. No, yeah. I have to be better. So you, ju- you just mentioned it just now. You said you're a basketball fan, right? Oh, yeah, dude. So just based on everything you've told me thus far, and kind of like how you broke it down, um, not going to lie, you're kind of giving off a lot of Dame Lillard vibes, man. Like, <laughs> Yo, Dame Dollar, bro? Dame Dollar. Like, I'm Dame honestly Dollar. like – like okay, this guy's a Dame Dollar Canada. All right, I can I see love, why. I love Dame. Dame's dope, man. I, I like I like how he approaches the game and how he carries himself. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just like, okay, this guy's a hustler over here. Like he really like he's breaking it down to the point where if you understand it, cool. If not, it wasn't for you. So, uh, but yeah, you're giving off a lot of Dame Dollar vibes, man. I appreciate gonna, that. I appreciate oh, that, yo. Um, do you have a SoundCloud channel you want to plug? Any music you uh, want to no. plug? <laughs> no, I don't got bars, man. I don't got bars. I don't know, man. I heard from our mutual friend, Matt, that you got some bars, man. Nah, Matt's lying, bro. I don't got no bars, <laughs> man. All right, so uh, we kind of referenced him, but uh, Matt O'Brien I've interviewed. Yeah. Jeez, last, it seems like last year. Man, like time is going, fi- uh, going, by, going by really fast. It is, yeah. Um, January's finished. Jeez. So uh, I, I want you to kind of like bring up any fun memory you have with him or anything like that. And then we'll continue. With Matt O'Brien? Yeah. Uh, well, every every interaction, like there's Matt O'Brien is a very, to me, a very genuine person. Very nice. That And a nice is such a light word. I guess you just a great guy and not to be cliche. Um not disrespectful in the slightest, at least in my interactions with the guy. Um, very, very athletic and stuff like that. But he, uh, just recently, I know he's been um, working on his brand, his branding of uh, his fitness, um, I guess, company, I guess. It's, yeah, I guess company. He said he has like a bunch of apparel and stuff like that. And um, he was kind enough to bless me with some of his apparel for free. Oh. And I was like, what? You're a businessman. You're giving me some some free gear. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> uh, he he asked me to come by and paint a mural in his in his garage and stuff like that. And we got to kick it for a while. And um, I that then it was when the first time I really got to get to know him like on a personal level. Because um, I see him I see him all the time during dodgeball and stuff like that, and it's always great and it's always about dodgeball. But getting to hang out with him outside at his place, just kind of getting to know him was was very dope because. You know, you see a lot of people, especially in the dodgeball world, who um, are nice, but it's also like a, a, in my experience, like a high school. Um, mm. There's some people that may seem nice and maybe they're not. But Matt Lopes is one of those guys, in my opinion, that is really, really great. And you're lucky if you get to know him and you're lucky if you get his friendship. Really great dude. And um Definitely someone that I would suggest everybody becomes friends with because you won't regret it. Just nothing bad to say about the guy at all. He's amazing. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Big facts with an X, bro. With an <laughs> you spit, X. You trying to spit bars on this podcast saying you can't yo, spit yo, bars. Dame. Dame. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, I know you said you can't remember the first sport uh, that you played, but what sports did you play growing up that you can recall? Well, 
I can remember what sport I started with, but team, like, I had never joined a full team until maybe high school. But I grew up playing basketball in, like, those basketball programs at community centers and stuff like that that would mm. just kind of teach you the game and have the kids, just to keep the kids, you know, out of trouble and focused on something, kind of build character, stuff like that. Um, yeah. But what I really, I think the very, very first sport I started with some people could call it a game sure my family is uh, a bowling family believe it or not oh, okay my uh, uh, I'm part Japanese so my Japanese side of the family um, all of us kind of have gone through I guess this this tunnel of bowling five pin bowling um, and from a young age like you go in you get the bowling shirts you get the badges you get the trophies <laughs> that kind of stuff and um that's where i kind of that's the first kind of thing i started in just it was more it's more of a solo sport right um yeah you know that's where i kind of learned that i don't like to lose i guess you could say because i started really early i'd say maybe like four or five mm. i couldn't even hold i had to double you know when you have it with two hands you gotta th- throw it through the legs kind of thing <laughs> my hands are way too small to hold the ball um that's when i think i, I started knowing i hate to lose but uh, my grandma also was a huge sports fan. She watches everything. You name it, she watches it. Hockey, football, basketball, golf, base, uh, did I say base, baseball, all that. She watches all of it. She knows everybody. Um, so I would sit there and watch with her growing up, and she loved uh, Vince Carter. And Vince Carter was my grandma's everything. And he became my everything as a, what, I don't even know, like five, six, seven, eight-year-old kid, right? Um, especially in Toronto, this guy put that, put my city on the map with his dunk. <laughs> um, so growing up, I was into, because I would watch him flying around dunking. I was like, I want to play some basketball and all my friends growing up too, like we were all basketball heads, um, in our area. Cause that's all I guess we could do outside. So, um, I started there, played basketball. I think I owe a lot of my athleticism, I guess, to basketball because it's kind of more of an all around sport where you can jump, excel and all that stuff. So um, then once I got into high school, I started playing a little bit of everything. I touched, I played volleyball for four years. I played, I did track and field for a few years. University, I played everything, you name it. Not for the university team, intramurals, but sometimes intramurals are just as competitive, (laughs) if not more, honest to God. You see how many people out there are like you when you get to university, like you're nothing compared to, you may be big (laughs) shot in high school, go to university is like nah <laughs> yeah. so yeah i played a little bit of everything man I, uh the only I, i'm not that i'm good at everything i'm trash at hockey bro don't don't put me on no skates <laughs> all right i can't stick handle to save my life uh oh wow, really soccer i can't i have no handle on the ball i can just run <laughs> um, but basketball i did some flag football my my high school unfortunately did not have a tackle football team which sucked but I played a little bit of everything, man. So I owe, I think dodgeball was, is perfect because you can kind of bring a little bit of everything from all those sports in. And I think um, that's where I think the sport's kind of heading in that direction where you got a lot of multi-sport athletes coming in. Yeah. And I hope so because it makes it more exciting and highlight real-ish, right? I'm not going to let that go. You're, you, you're, you're setting Canada back. You can't skate? Bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> let me take it back. Let me take I can skate. <laughs> Doesn't mean I can do like hockey skate. Hockey skate's a little different when they're going backwards and all that crossover below. No, I, 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 
Okay. <laughs> Give me a loop where I gotta go one way. I can do it. <laughs> you can't change direction. You can't do nothing. Yeah, I can. I can. I can. I need a. I need a wide enough turn, and then I can. I can make it happen. Uh, we talk. Oh, we're talking about some drifting action here. You just like to drift. That's what it is. <laughs> Let me coast, man. Let me coast at my own pace. I don't need to go too fast. Man. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, when I when I played hockey, it was on rollerblades in the street. Yeah. So I can kind of maneuver that, but it's a different environment. So that I, I'll give you a kind of a pass. Thanks, man. Thanks. But, but I'm letting you know now, man. You. You 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 the first Canadian on the podcast to ever, to admit that they can't they can't skate. <laughs> Bro, man, like, listen, I I hockey's not my thing, man. I, it never drew me in. Never drew me. That's in. fair. That's fair. I mean, I like to stand on my feet. You know, I, I feel the ground underneath my feet. You know, I feel safe there. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I would have to agree because uh, Vince Carter did put Toronto on the map, not Drake. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, and I and I said it. So if anyone want to argue with that, let me know. I'm not even from Toronto, and I could say that. That's right, I got uh, back up. <laughs> so um, I know you kind of touched on it before, but who were your role models uh, growing up, and who are your role models in the uh, in the sport? Um, so yeah, growing up, uh, well, Vince Carter, just because I loved basketball, but then Vince Carter left, and everybody in Toronto hated him at the time. Um, <laughs> so like. Uh, you know, outside of sport, I mean, outside of dodgeball, it's still in the sport realm. I'm a big, I'm a big LeBron bro, um, LeBron man. I love mm. LeBron. Goat James, that's my dude. Um, <laughs> I, I admire how he approaches the game and also how he treats his body. I think that's, and it's going to lead into, I guess, one of my role models in the sport as well. Um, but I just, I, I think those, those kind of um, elite top tier great athletes like Kobe, the way he approached the game mentally was an incredible, something that you don't really appreciate myself included until it was too late. Um, mm. Because I was LeBron man. I couldn't be a LeBron and Kobe man. Right. It's just, it was, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> it just wasn't, but um, I could never hate on how amazing his work ethic was. So that's something that, you know, you admire, especially now everybody has a book on Kobe, um, Tom Brady, stuff like that, how they eat, all that kind of stuff. Not saying I can do it though. I eat terribly, but I admire. <laughs> oh man. Um, but in the sport itself, I have a few for different reasons. Um, Eric Ceruto. I'm not, I, I'm, I, hope, I don't know if you know, you know, Eric Ceruto. Yeah. yeah. Eric Ceruto also uh, part of my team. Um, he, when I was coming up in the sport, I found myself, struggling to either like close a game or um, I'm just moving too fast. And I look at Eric and Eric is one of the most, if not the most patient, cool, calm, collected guy I've seen on the court. Never, you can, you never look at Eric and think something's wrong with him on the court. He kind of just, if he doesn't like something, he puts himself in a position to get something he likes. And that was something that I looked at and I was like, wow, I, I, I can admire how he can kind of, put himself in a position to make the right play for him. And if he, you know, you drop a catch or whatever, whatever game happens, but um, he's one of those players that I would look at. And I, I really, I would ask him questions. I'd pick his brain. Um, he's always been so kind, said kind words and kind. He's also one of the people I think that instilled a confidence in me that I didn't know I had. 
So I really appreciate that of him. Uh, Jeff Snow, because of his longevity, the way this man treats his body, I don't know how he does it. My man's like 40. <laughs> and he's the strongest man in the world, man. And I know I'm going to get memed for this later by some other folks who are giving Jeff a shout out. But dude, this guy, every year, he looks better and better. I don't know how. This guy's eating some kind of forbidden fruit or something. I don't know. But he looks great. And I want, when I get to that age, to be able to compete at such a high level, that's a goal of mine. And I look at, look at him and kind of use that as the bar. Our games are extremely different, mind you, but he just kind of turns back the clock and it kind of, kind of relates to that whole LeBron thing where man's 37, but he's still averaging 30. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's one. And I think the, the last few guys that I look at um, outside of dodgeball itself, just as a, people in general, um, more Canadians, uh, you, I don't think you'll know them, but uh, a, couple guys, uh, <laughs> a couple guys on my team, also in Z Warriors, um, Stephen Chatterton and uh, Drew uh, Tabernor, both of them, um, extremely great people um, to the degree of not just um, being your peer and being able to tell you, you know, what's real and stuff like that, but looking at how they, they treat, um, like Drew, for example, is a great father. I admire a lot of players who can do that, play dodgeball at a high level and still maintain, you know, being a great dad and stuff like that. Cause I know um, I've seen that trend of people getting married and they kind of disappear or <clears throat> kind of have a kid and life kind of changes and they kind of disappear. So being able to see um, someone like Drew kind of do both and um, you would never know that he, you know, Oh, sorry, you would know he has a kid, but you wouldn't know if it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, snap, you have a kid? Yeah, he's like eight. Um, but no, uh, but something I admire for sure, because, you know, I'm entering that stage where you're going to make big life choices soon. And um, you don't know when you're going to make them or if you're going to make them. But, you you know, you, you kind of sometimes kind of worry if certain decisions may alter your passion for your, your, your sport or your hobby and stuff like that. And um, I use, you know, Drew as a model of, someone who proved that you can do both and um, you know, it doesn't, it's, it, I'm sure it's stressful, but it doesn't seem stressful. So I admire him for that. And Steven, because Steven also new, new dad, new dad, Steven, y'all congrats. Um, <laughs> same thing. Uh, one of the few people that can talk to anybody, but not, you can be in the heat of a moment. You get your, your butt slapped in the game and he'll come up to you with a logical sound mind. And I would like to kind of adapt that into myself because Sometimes you get a little bit more impulsive or um, emotional and he's always cool and calm. And I, I appreciate that. So those are the kind of things I look for in, in role models, just someone who can kind of who I look at and I like certain things that I believe will make me a better person and player at the same time. That's a lo- that's a laundry list of uh, shout outs. I know, you man. Get. They're pretty solid. I, I got to I got I got I got to pay these mans, man. They, I owe them. I owe them for a lot of things. <laughs> no it was, it was really it's really solid um and yeah that trend of you know whether when you get married or have kids you, you know you kind of disappear it's always good to see at, at least while the time permits it them yeah. showcase you know they can be a high level player and a high level parent so some yeah. major major props there yep so sure. i'm gonna ask you who's that one player on the court, or who's that rival team that you have? That anytime you know you face them on provincials or wherever, you know it's going to be like you got to be on your A game to make it past them. 
All right, man. All right. <laughs> okay, so there are, I would say there are two, but one stands out more. Okay. Uh, so I'll say the lesser first. Rampage with Jeff, Jason, uh, Marcus Ravi, that, uh, Justin Crandang, all those guys. That team is um, a team that everybody wants to beat that team. And they all, you know, they win probably the most consistently in uh, Canada. Um, and they, you know, they know how to win. They know how to close. They know how to turn it up when they need to. Um, but I mean, I know, and I'm sure a lot of my American friends can agree. Whenever you're facing off against Jeff or Jason, you want to beat them up. And that's just how it is. <laughs> and they know. I tell them all the time. There'll be times me and Jeff locked up one-on-one, and they're looking at me, I'm looking at him, and we both want to bust each other up. Um, but I would say them for sure. But I would say for my team specifically, it would probably be the Mavs with Matt Lopes and Matt Slavera and um, Kaylin Estabrook and stuff like that because we just end up meeting them at the same point almost all the time. It just happens. There'll be a playoff clash somewhere. Um, and we don't understand how it happens. I talk to <laughs> coach Vic about it all the time. It just happens. It'll be provincials. Provincials will happen and it'll be the top four or top five, whatever provincials it's at, where it's, it's not like the finals or the semifinals. It's the game that allows you to qualify to go to national. Mm. That's the most important game in that tournament. Who cares about the first, second, third? you want to just qualify. We face them two years in a row and it's i think it's only been a two-year a two-year thing where it's been qualifying like i can't remember but every time it mattered we'd face them and in round robin we face them and we don't face rampage round robin we will usually face rampage after mavericks like we would face them in the most important games and it's just how it goes and so it's gotten to a point now where you can say, yeah, like we they, they could probably and probably are our, our rivals in the court, even if it's not intentional, because they're just in our way and we're in their way. Simple as that. Someone's got to get through. And I, I prefer it me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure for the sake of this story and the, the sake of your legacy, you'd always obviously would want it to be you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. But you guys often meet when it's like, do or die. You guys it's don't do meet die, any man. other time. It's, it's, so far, the past couple tournaments, it's do or die, and it's it's very unfortunate because I would rather you know have that kind of a game in the finals as opposed to first round. But I guess one of us is pooping the bed in round robin, so we need to step up, both of us, <laughs> <laughs> and get rid of the magic that leads you together. Yeah, we you know we need to lock down the first <laughs> second seed, man. We're gonna knock oh, you out. So you, that's what you want to do. You want to meet them like directly in the finals. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we'd all want that. It'd be uh, we're both a team, uh, both two teams that like to play a little, a little fast, um, and make there there usually are big plays that happen and stuff like that. Yeah, on the you know on the biggest stage when everyone's watching. Yeah, I think we we both deserve that. So it's like Tyson Holyfield to you guys right now. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll bite an ear. No. Whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Now. <laughs> Hold on. Now, I don't. Con- the Dodgeball Podcast does not condone these kind of acts. <laughs> I like to put that as a disclaimer. If I get fired for season six, it's because he just said it. Um, 
I'm just laying that out there for my protection. I mean, you like to bite people. That's your thing. We Sorry, have our- y'all. I'll own it. I'll own it. You own it? On me. On me. But at the opening rush, if I grab two balls, I get a bite mark on my left arm, and it's going to be you? It's going to be me. It's going to be you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that right now. I'm not cutting this in post. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine, man. That's fine. <laughs> Let them know. Let them know. Let them know. All right. So uh, before a tournament or a provincial or whatever, what do you have a pregame ritual? Um, uh, it more so. Um, actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, I like to get there early. I like to get there. Uh, I don't even know how. Like, let's say the tournament starts at like ten, and say we play first game. I'd probably want to get there at least an hour before. Hmm. just kind of feel feel the court that's something that's new to me though I, I never was really like that uh, in the past few years but um as I've you know gotten older and stuff like that I played in a lot of different types of flooring especially at worlds and um coach Vic made a good point to you know get to know your court like you never know where you're gonna play especially like let's say we played in LA worlds where the floor was that kind of tiley kind of texture yeah and then Mexico, where it was kind of like this rougher kind of sandpaperish kind of feel. Um, you may expect a, a hardwood floor, but you might not get it. Or you might get a slippery one. Or you might get a dusty one. So I like to go there early, kind of feel up the court. Um, obviously do the the, the warm-ups and stuff like that. But I, I more so like to just kind of zone out, put a headphone, put headphones on. Maybe throw the hood on over my head and just kind of lock in. Kind of take <laughs> everyone out, everyone away. Um it's kind of hard though when you, man. I'm sure you know if you do that and then you see your homeboy walk by and they're like, "Yo," and you take the headphone off and you talk for a bit. But when you lock <laughs> in, um, when I'm like, let's say it's a playoff game and it's time to get serious, yeah, like I, I just plug in, kind of zone out, block out the noise, and just kind of jam out for a little bit. Nothing special. I'm sure a lot of people do it, but I like to kind of just lose, lose myself, I guess in the sense of um, in the music and kind of get ready. So what music do you listen to? That would have been, that's the next follow-up. Uh, I, I, I'm into like hip hop with a lot of like, I like I like a heavy beat. The beat will get me in. I don't care what you say on your song, dude. I don't give a <laughs> damn. You can be talking about the corner store and buying a, a bag of chips. I don't care. I'm just down, just down if it's a banger. If it's a banger, I can kind of just feel it nod bounce around kind of use that 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 rhythm to uh warm up jump around and stuff like that and get my blood flowing so i like mm. that kind of stuff um yeah pretty not, nothing crazy like nothing uh pretty standard stuff like i, I could throw on some drake throw on some 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 game some kanye some whatever anything that just locks you in with with cinematic kind of bounce bro like i'm out there just you'll see me i'll be dancing around the court running around just to the beat of the song, just so I can get the blood flowing and get in a rhythm. <laughs> um, I have a feeling like you and I have the same playlist. Uh, <laughs> no, that'd be cool. You send me I'm that, pretty, bro. I'm pretty sure we do. Um, so let's get into the crowdsource questions. Okay. Let's Before do it. I ask Matt's question, I want to ask you something. Sure, uh, sure. So obviously you said your, your, your team name is the Z Warriors. Yes, sir. So, Matt, Matt's question is, where did you come up with it? Yeah. And I'm and my follow-up would be, who's your favorite Z-Warrior? Oh, bro, bro. This is going to turn into the Dragon Ball podcast? I'm so down. Um, oh. So, uh, Z-Warriors, obviously, 
for me and maybe you, Dragon Ball related. Um, uh, Eric, Eric, and so the, the, the way the team started it was uh, I was not captain yet. I am now, but it was Eric Ceruto and Maddie Slavera, I guess, kind of pulled the team together. And I think we were, how did it come? I think we were just talking. And I, I don't know if it was even me who mentioned it, but someone mentioned it and I, all for it, buddy. You don't even have to ask me. I'm never leaving this team solely based on the name. I'm never leaving. Um, but it is 100% related to Dragon Ball. Um, when I send you the photo of the jerseys, you will see. Um, <laughs> I've seen some other Dragon Ball jerseys out there. They ain't like ours. They oh, wow. Like wow. Um, okay. Ours, ours are clean, bro. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, simple and clean. Uh, Eric Ceruto designed the jerseys. The man's a guru. He's he's a, a legend. And um, yeah, that's how we uh, we got the name simply just based off Dragon Ball. There's not nothing else, nothing nothing fancy about it. But as for my favorite character, bro, who's your favorite character? The bro, easily best character development in the show. You always want him to succeed, even though he gets bodied because the writers are jerks. My man Vegeta, bro. Easy. Why Vegeta? Why Vegeta, bro? He looks the coolest. Okay, I agree. He looks the coolest. He has the the whoever writes his his lines and his disses, bro. Best talks the most crap. Okay, prideful to a fault. I agree, but it is it has given him his most um, important life lesson moments, and has developed him now. Currently, if you read the manga, he's great. He is yeah. by no, far he... multi-dimensional. All the mother characters are the same as they were when they entered into the damn show. <laughs> Yo. Vegeta's Man, just okay. a badass, bro. <laughs> All right. I have to agree, though. I'm not going to let you slide. They are not all the same. No. Who's changed? Piccolo. How's Piccolo? Piccolo's been the same as he started, bro. No, How? He, he wanted to kill Goku. Now okay, he, no, okay. Everyone he raised, wanted his, to kill he Goku. raised his kid. Every Listen, Piccolo <laughs> has been raising Goku's kid for like 20 years. Yeah. Vegeta is still changing. If He's been changing ever since. He's been having to bite the bullet, swallow the pride, gets his ass beat, comes back, admits, you know what, you're the best, but I still want to beat your ass, comes back stronger. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not denying that, but I'm not letting you say get away with saying that they're all cookie cutter. No, I mean, like, listen, all of them wanted to kill Goku, and now they're friends. All of them, Tien, Piccolo, Tien, the worst, huh? Tien was the worst of the bunch. He almost I know he's the worst. I'm just saying, <laughs> he wanted to fight Goku and beat him up. Now they're friends. Boom. <sighs> now they're friends. Frieza. They're not friends, but they're, they're kind of fr- friends. They kind, they kind of, they kind of like, friends. They kind of like he'll get he'll get a birthday card. You know what uh, I mean? He'll be, he'll wish Freeza happy birthday. Goku will wish Freeza happy birthday. They're friends to me. All right, that's fair. Um, and for the five people who paid attention to that, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah yo, yo, if you guys don't appreciate <laughs> Dragon Ball, all of your 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 pop culture and all that stuff they they were inspired by Dragon Ball. So go and do your your little research history, friends. Word. Um, and fun fact: Goku is actually a mascot for the Tokyo Olympics. That is true. That's that is true. Very true. Very true. Oh, all right. I'm so happy. Another Dragon Ball fan. Okay. 
Okay. This is the oh. Dodgeball Dragon Ball podcast? That's crazy. Hey, hey, this could this could be a spinoff. I already have two. Um, <laughs> so, Markel Stokes, can you make some more Pokemon jerseys? Oh, okay, yes. You have a I Pokemon have team? No, so I, I'm not sure. They're all over the place, dude. These, there are these Pokemon jerseys that um, I was asked to design a while back, probably okay. before 26, maybe like 2015. Uh, I'm not sure. But they were for a couple friends of mine, Andrew and Tuan, who uh, they were just beginning to start a league, uh, running their own uh, league downtown for the LGBTQ plus community and mm-hmm. starting their, you know, just kind of trying to bring the community together and something positive. And um, they were entering a few teams um, that kind of to kind of represent their league. And they were all wanted to do pokemon jerseys that there was like a pokemon red team blue team yellow team oh nice and um they asked me if i would do design jerseys so whoever wanted uh, a specific type of pokemon they would ask like hey i want rapidash or something uh i would put it on a jersey um vectorize or whatever and kind of make it kind of cookie cutter so that they're all similar but the pokemon's different and on the back, mm-hmm. the number would be the number of the Pokemon and the name of the Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty simple stuff. But my only rule was there's only one of each. So if someone's like, hey, I want Jolteon, you're Jolteon. No one else can Jolteon. Simple as that. Okay. Just so we can kind of maybe get to a point where we can tackle almost all of them. And you can maybe see all 151 or something like that out there. Um, later on, we've gone to, to, the, to Gen 2. And uh, it became a lot for me because I was making a lot of jerseys, dude. Um, but it was fun. But that time is over. There are no <laughs> more of those jerseys coming out. And oh, I don't need... Nintendo's good at cracking down on some stuff. I don't need Nintendo coming on my ass or anything. I don't need that. I don't need it. You're not lying. Um, yeah. I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm sorry, Markel. I know it's your birthday today. Happy birthday on the day that yeah, we are. As of recording, birthday. it's his birthday. It is your birthday. So happy birthday, Markel. I do not have any new Pokemon jerseys planned. And uh, that's, I don't think is going to be anything moving forward. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, just, happy I'm just thinking like, yeah. <laughs> happy birthday, Markel. Uh, he lives like 30 minutes away from me. Um, I'm like, I feel like I've seen these before. Yeah, they're all over, dude. They're, they're, they're he he has one, I think. You might have one? No, Markel might have one. Oh, I think he, he just a, wants another one. Yeah. If yeah, he, he has one. I think he has a Blastoise one. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I made everything, man. I got Blastoise. I even did, like, some some Mega Evolutions. I, I Mewtwo, Charizard. Oh, I got to see these. All right, now I got to see these jerseys. Yeah, man. Uh, I made a lot of them. They were a hit. <laughs> they were, it was when Pokemon Gold came out. It was a smash. Everyone was all over it. I gotta see these. Um, <laughs> Katie Morrison, who I had on last year, uh, yeah. she doubled down. Can you please make more? <laughs> Sorry, Katie. Yo, I can't, man. I can't. I you can't. know what, Katie? In his defense, I can I can say this as a nerd, as we've already discussed in this Dragon Ball Z rant. Nintendo is very litigious. Yeah, they man. will sue Josh for everything he has and stuff that he doesn't have. That's right. 
<laughs> they, will they will sue they will, me for bringing him on. They will have me working for them for free. That's what they would be doing. <laughs> they would take me in as for free. I don't even know if Josh has kids. His kids will be working for Nintendo before they're right. born. That is right. They would. <laughs> but she mentioned a fun fact. So mm-hmm. her ladies' provincial team a few years yes, ago, yes. you coached. And oh, you yeah. Had Looney, a, Looney Tunes, I think they were called. What was that? I think they were called Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? Yeah, I think that's what their team name was. Okay. So apparently you came up with a rush play called Apple. Oh, man. Okay. It wasn't anything special. It was just a code name for them to remember to do it. It, it, it was just a sim- simple, like, uh, free ball. If you guys have free ball in defense, someone throws from the up, from someone from the opposite team throws, and you, you know it's a lost ball for them. Either you block it away or it's collected through a shagger or something like that. Just kind of push up, and then whoever you're in, the, in front of, um, the person who threw – Sorry, whoever's in front of the person who did throw kind of has a free shot on either that person or the counter who may be occupied by one of your other ball handlers. You kind of have angles. Mm. Anyways, um, it was just something that for them to be a little bit more aggressive as opposed to just kind of sitting on the back line when you already have ball advantage um, and get them on their back heels. So we were kind of – we did a couple practices. I think we did a couple practices. We did definitely uh, a couple tournaments um and there were there were times that it was forgotten so i was like okay listen i'm gonna be on the sideline here and i'm gonna say apple when the opportunity is there when the opportunity happens i'm just yelling apple and it would click and they would go simple as that it it, i didn't know it was all they needed was the word apple and it worked and they ended up qualifying for national oh wow okay yeah, it wasn't anything special, but it made it was, I guess it was special for them. But it, they, they clearly it was. Yeah, they played amazing, uh, and they executed perfectly. And they were really like they asked me to to coach them. I was very uh, flattered and honored. And it was my first attempt, and they you know gave me a good uh, good debut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean having seen Katie play, yeah, that's a solid solid debut. I mean, they made your job a lot easier. Oh, yeah, um, sure. This guy, brother from another mother, Jeremy Bizzle, he's a big fan. So he wanted to ask you something you've wanted to do that you haven't done yet in dodgeball. See, I have never, I haven't had the chance to meet Jeremy yet or talk to Jeremy. I know of Jeremy, seen the highlights. I'm a fan as well. I am, I am, I am flattered that Jeremy uh, is a fan of mine. Um, something that I that I want to do that I haven't done yet, uh, probably. Um, compete at, uh, I was planning on going to, oh man, what's that tournament called in Malaysia? A, A, AP, API. API. I was supposed to go to API and then COVID hit. Ooh. Um, I'm really, especially these last few years before COVID hit, um, I've really gotten the opportunity to kind of travel around, Mm. but Malaysia, and the API tournament is something I, I, I definitely need to experience before I can't anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I, I want to win. I want to win a tournament in the States. Haven't done that yet. Came close. Oh my God. I'm about to meet myself and everyone who listens to this. Go ahead. Sin City. Sin City, Sin you... City shootout. Uh, last year, not this year's finals for the co-ed 
no sting. Final game, I was running to stop a ball from going over to the other side. It was just me left, and I believe it was maybe Xander and someone else. And I would have had all the balls if I got this ball. I go to grab the ball. My momentum takes me over the line. We lose. <laughs> um, it, it, and it was videotaped. Yes, that it was. It was. It was. And my friends from uh, the States, such as Tori, Markel himself. Yeah. Um, and even here in Canada, Miss Shade, Berkeley, all, they bring it up every year. I get the <laughs> every get, year. It's been coming up every year since that 2020. Yeah, it'll it'll there'll be an, it'll come up soon. I'm sure of it. It'll come up after this podcast because I mentioned it. But <laughs> it, it, it's um, been multiple times just in my face. Hey, uh, just reminding you. Hey, yeah, I get it. All right, I know. <laughs> I know. I wanted to redeem myself this year, but again, I couldn't go because COVID. And, but I want to win that bad because I've gone every single year and I was this close. I need to redeem myself. So that's a tournament I'd like to win. Um, but yeah, dodgeball related, just more so international stuff. I'd like to win some international stuff for sure. Same. Um, you want to know? Okay, so there's two things I want to tell you. Yeah. One, I was supposed to go to API that year. Damn. So we would have met. And two, I have that gift sent to me <laughs> of oh, you <laughs> who made a gift of that i don't know but let me tell you the story so i um so that's in city at, uh, in 2020 i didn't go because the week before i was in england playing in the right. british open yeah. um i saw like they had the live stream someone live streamed it um i saw i guess that happened to be you now that we found out uh <laughs> slip over um and then two or three weeks later someone made a gif and pretty much passed it around and it got to me damn damn i'm getting circulated in the state as a meme bro <laughs> and this podcast being global isn't gonna help you that's uh, crazy <laughs> <laughs> oh man that oh. fail was indicative of or it was a prelude to what we would all suffer um True. <laughs> <laughs> all right and last one uh from vince marchbanks uh i can't say enough about this guy he's really solid means a lot to me and um yeah so i'm a fan and a friend of his so he wants you to talk about the house of highlights dodgeball tournament and how cool is that to watch okay so <laughs> i was sitting on my couch okay um, watching uh, I, I knew that this tournament was going to happen um because i i love rdc world follow them for years big Same. fan and cash nasty also been following for years because i would watch him play 2k and rage on youtube loved both of them um <laughs> they were on opposing teams but um i i knew like i knew the dodgeball world that didn't know them probably wouldn't enjoy it me i was like let's go i want to see this i hope they do actual wdbf rules so I'm watching the, the, the I guess the, the, the early intros. And I, say, I'm like, look, I'm like, is that, is that Jake Mason there? No way. Is this actually being run by USA? <laughs> USA Dodgeball? So I messaged Jake. And I'm like, dude, if this happens again, you let me know. 
I'm flying there and I'm helping. I don't care what I'm there. I need to be there. And Jake's like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Gus, solid. Prepping for the future. Gotcha. So I'm sitting there, I'm watching. And I also, I, I see a team come out. FaZe Clan comes out. And I see they got knee pads on. And I'm like, someone told them to put knee pads on. Because these guys don't know Jack about dodgeball. Someone who knows told them. I'm watching the screen and I see Vince Marshface. <laughs> I see Vince and I instantly grab my phone. I'm like, what are you doing there? He's like, yo, I'm coaching them, but they're not listening. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm watching. And I'm like, oh, good luck. But in my head, I want RDC to win bad. And I'm extremely <laughs> jealous of him, by the way. I'm telling him, like, I'm extremely jealous because I would love to be there. And I want to, I want to play number one. Because that was like prime COVID, I guess, right? And Yeah, it was like right before. Yeah. Um, so I, I already know because I think I was working from home at that point. So I wasn't allowed to – we weren't allowed to do nothing here. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm texting him while this tournament's going on, and he's messaging me back and forth. He's taking photos and sending them to me, and I'm extremely jealous because I want to meet Mark Phillips and Cash Nasty and stuff like that. Anyways, um, I'm watching it. Uh, the teams obviously already see wins, makes huge plays. I'm freaking out at home. And uh, I, I'm just extremely jealous. Vince gets a photo with Mark Phillips, and I'm tripping. I'm like, yo, yep. that's so cool. I'm so jealous. And he gets a ball signed. And yep. Vince mails me that ball. No and way. He got it signed by Cash Nasty as well. Out, out of the blue. like I'm just like, wow, man, that's so cool. Wow. And he's like, he's like, what's your address? Do you want this? And I'm like, dude, you don't have to send me that. And he goes, it'll you'll you know appreciate it more than i will and i was like wow uh yeah that's fire like mind you vince and i haven't had a lot of time to talk like in person i know vince for years I've yeah i've seen him at worlds i've seen him at sin city and stuff like that but i haven't really like talked um heavily with him one-on-one -on -one or anything like that but um vince another one of the, is another one of those guys that you see um at least from what i see he's another great father figure right um really is that's something that i really admire as well um looking at stuff like that so um him just you know kind of being generous enough to do that and just mail it to me i was like wow and then i got it i was like yo this that's, that's it dude i didn't, yeah, I didn't crazy, first bro. off i didn't know he that is epic dude that yeah and I, i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna do with this ball but frame I, it yeah i, I like I, I when it came i was like it's really here and i'm like wow like i'm a fanboy of rdc yes i will admit it fanboy and for that to, to you know, kind of come my way somehow, like just watching this tournament for $250,000, mind you, watching this tournament and, you know, somehow being feeling connected to it through my couch was kind of cool. And uh, that was definitely thanks to Vince and that's something I appreciate for sure. Yeah, I, rem I, I remember that tournament fondly because um, my work knows that I love to, to play dodgeball. They know that, you know, I'm – Every year, I'm trying out. I'm trying to try out for Team USA. So they'll have like anytime like a dodgeball thing will come up, they'll literally put it on the screen in the middle of the store for no other reason, <laughs> other than just to show me. Right. And that tournament was streamed at my job. Wow. They they streamed it in the middle of the store. Some people were watching it, whatever. And yeah, <laughs> they also streamed, they also streamed worlds in um, LA. Really? In my oh. in my job when I started there. Oh, wow, that's dope. That's nice of them yeah. to do. 
Yeah, so uh, show um, love to the game. Show love to the game. Yeah, and my boss even agreed to pay for my uh, plane ticket if I made uh, Team USA. So holy incentive! I, I legally, I got that legally in my contract. Oh, and yo, I, listen, if anyone fights on that, I got your back. <laughs> you gonna bro. fight me on a contract that I signed? Right. <laughs> Who's gonna fight me on that? Yeah, yeah, you never know, man. You never know. Well, if they want to, my phone number is two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. You got it. You got it. Thank got you. It. Thank you. I got it. Thank I you, Josh. <laughs> Thank you, man. I promise you, you a gangster. You really are. I'll let you know. You may not skate, but you a gangster. I'll give you that. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> All right. So, um, Clearly, we've had a lot of fun. Some would say too much. But uh, I want to no, no such thing. No such thing. Right. Uh, so I want to ask you, Josh. Um, yeah. What What would you like your legacy to be? What You know, is, what would you like to be? How would you like to be remembered once you play your final game? Um. Okay. So in my head, this is me assuming. Sorry, not assuming. This is me hoping that dodgeball gets to a point where it's extremely respected and there's you know that transition between early like something like early basketball and basketball now Mm. where you kind of have those hall of famers but you don't necessarily have the stats for them because there's no footage or something that mind you but you know there are definitely um i would like to number one obviously win as many gold medals as possible before my knees give out that's something I would like to do. Um, but with Worlds moving to an every other year format, it's very limited. So um, there's that. But that's a goal. Um, I want to go down as definitely one of the best to have ever played, um, in a, especially for a skills position. Um, I'm, I have a more shifty kind of play style. I like to kind of get in and out playing that gray area of the court. So I'd want to go down as one of the best to ever kind of do that. Um, I have a lot of respect for a lot of players like Moody, um, Maddie, a lot of uh, the Malaysian players like Robert C.K. and Wee Shang and stuff like that, who can kind of shifty, athletic, flexible, explosive players. Like, I love that. Those are my favorite players. And I want to go down as one of the best of those kind of caliber of players. I want when people look back at the sport, to look back and be like, that player reminds me of this, of Josh. Or um, if you need help with this, go and talk to Josh. Like, I want to be a mentor. I want uh, to be a trailblazer. I want all that glory stuff. Yeah, I know. It sounds cliche. I don't care. Um, we all watch sports. We all know who our favorite athletes are. And our favorite athletes are probably the ones who are the best. So I'm not playing this game to just have fun. I'm playing this game to win, and I'm playing this game to be the best. So that's what I want to be remembered as, either the best at something, best at moving, the best at competitive spirit, all that stuff. I want to be the best. Um, as well as kind of maintain that reputation of not, you know, of being a good person as well. I don't want the sport to kind of make me a villain, although I do like to be a villain. I don't care. But I don't want people to look back and be like, wow, Josh was an a-hole. Nah, I'm not about that. I'm about beating you fair and square and we're going to war. But then afterwards, good. Just leave me on the court. You know, I got to respect that. Um, I will say 
Jeez, man, you you've come up in off camera or off camera uh, discussions several times. So yeah. Is- oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some people who, who who you got some fans, man. Don't worry about it. Ah, um, yo, thanks, fans. Wow, I'm probably <laughs> a fan of yours too, whoever you are. <laughs> but um, I would say if anything. And I think you kind of already said it. Don't worry about being the villain. Because as far as I'm concerned, you're going to be the villain in someone's narrative. I know I am. Somebody will probably paint you to be the villain if you stand in their way. But what I hope comes from that is the level of respect that you deserve. I think people should understand your story, understand your ambition as if it was their own. And if it's their own, great. You know, then be the villain in each other's narratives and see where that goes. But Ultimately, I will say, before even before your final game, you're already going to be a Hall of Famer. Ah, uh, yo, I appreciate that. You, you're putting you put off you put on more for Toronto than Drake, and I said that. Oh my God! Um, you got like I said, you got Dame Dollar vibes, and people are going to remember that. So, um, oh my gosh, that's so. Don't funny. worry about it, man. Just, just, <laughs> just understand understand this. If anything, you a solid man, and you're definitely going to have more opportunities to win. Except if, if, if it's against the U.S., then take all the L's we give you. But anything going forward, man, I wish you nothing but success. And I consider it an honor to cement your story, you know, here, but not finalize it. You still got plenty of game left in you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, I, if there's anything I w- I'd like to say to the community in general – um, as it pertains to, you know, people um, and the game itself and competitive nature and um, being someone's villain. Um, remember, I think in our community, as I said earlier, it, uh, a lot of the time it's high schoolish. Um, it's just, it's just, it's not person. It's not personal on any level. It sh- and it shouldn't be. It should just be on in yeah. the game. So when you leave the game, Someone could be talking smack about your game. It's not about you. And remember that. That's something I want I want everybody to know because I know there's there's every year, you know, you see a post or something. This is, it's just dodgeball, my friends. <laughs> well said. Um, do you have any final shout outs you like to give before we wrap up? Final shout outs. Yes, sir. Simple. I'll keep it simple. I mean, their names. Uh, my team, Z. Uh, Eric, Steven, Drew, Kyle, Rizzo, and um, John Wu, um, and the newly acquired Cody Dan Foley joining the squad. Oh, what? We signed, up for, <laughs> signed up for a four-year, $40 million high-five contract. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait. Y'all giving out contracts like that? Yeah, yo, $40 million high-fives, bro. Four <laughs> years. Four years. Wow. You saw him, my man. Oh wow! This is—I think this is the first time we actually had like a roster announcement while recording. Yeah, yo, you got—you got to announce to the world. Let him know, you know. No, I know. I love Cody's my dog. I love I Cody. Yeah, <laughs> So you, so Cody's a Z warrior now. Cody is a Z warrior. My oh, boy. four year, forty million. You, forty you guys, million high fives. Forty million high fives. Forty million. Oh, high fives. Oh, 40 million man, high fives. <laughs> we we don't got cash on here, but we got support. <laughs> I was about to say, can I come out for a ten day contract? 
Bro, I'll give you the same deal for your 40 million high. <laughs> oh, crap, dude. This is going to be funny, bro. Oh, oh shoot. No, um, I, will say, I will say this. I have always planned to come out to watch a Provincials or something, just experience it. I would definitely love to see 40 million high fives. 40 million given. high fives, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, All right, and that was my interview with Joshua. Joshua, thank you so much for hopping on and pretty much nerding out with me in the past interview. That, that was definitely a fun one. Uh, the next one uh, will be Tony Sanchez. And um, after that, uh, just going to take a short trip to uh, Leicester and play some foam. It's been a long time coming. Um, maybe I'll do a recap on that. Maybe not. But, you know, more interviews to come. All right, stay tuned and have a wonderful day.